Today, we're going to speak to an agent who built a top producing real estate business by the age of 19. Then he gave it all up, moved to a new city, and did it all over again. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Alex Wolking. Before we get to Alex, just a couple of reminders. The best way that you can help our show is really two things. Number one, support our sponsors. They pay the freight and they make it possible for us to do these episodes. So please check out their products and services and consider investing in them. And the second thing is to tell a friend, just tell one other realtor about this episode. I promise by the end of this one, you will want to share it. It's that good. So please tell everybody you know about this podcast. It helps me, helps us get in front of more agents and helps us do more episodes. So thanks guys. Really appreciate all the support. By the way, we did just cross over 3 million downloads a few weeks ago, which is a huge milestone for us. So I, I thank you for sharing it, telling a friend, and continuing to listen. But let's get to the main event, my conversation with Alex Walking. Okay, today on the show, our guest is Alex Walking with Keller Williams One here in Chicago. And let me tell you more about Alex. He is a second generation broker and real estate was all he is and is all he has ever known. At 12 years old, he began working for his father, who's a real estate veteran in the Quad Cities region of Illinois and Iowa. In 2011, at 19 years old, Wolking earned his Iowa real estate license and was awarded Rookie of the Year in 2012. Amazing. Wolking's small town roots taught him the importance of building strong relationships while maintaining discretion and while approaching negotiations with discernment. Uh, Wolking spent time away from Chicago after graduating from DePaul, which is here in, in Chicago, before returning to Chicago in 2016, proudly rebuilding his referral-based network from scratch. Wolking has since received numerous accolades, including recognition as a top producer by the Chicago Association of Realtors since 2019, a 2021 National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30 honoree, and regarded by Real Trends as a top 1.5 
5% agent in America on the Real Trends 1000 list for 2022. Uh, please, everyone, check out Alex on his website, alexwolking.com. That's A-L-E-X-W-O-L-K-I-N-G.com. Link for that in the show notes. And follow him on Instagram, Alex uh, at Alex Wolking. We will have a link to that in the show notes as well. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, DJ. Good to finally meet you. I am, yeah, I am super excited to, to meet you. Alex is a little bit of a celebrity here in the Chicago real estate. Uh, I would say a rising star, but I feel like your star has already risen, but it's still continuing to rise. And I am so excited to, to get to talk to you because I'm always, it's, to me, it's always impressive when people who are, who are younger uh, and you have, gosh, you started so, so young, um, you know, were able to find success so, so quickly. And I know it's through tremendous, tremendous hard work, but we would love to hear a little bit of your story. So let, let's go back to the beginning. Tell us uh, how you got into real estate. Yeah. So uh, when I was 12, um, my, I'll never forget, I always tell the story. My dad, uh, as you know, and was a real estate broker in the Quad Cities. And actually back in March of this year, it was his 30th year in business. And I was 12, he called me and he was like, hey, I need you to log into this website and print this thing out for me. Well, it was the MLS and he wanted a, a listing sheet printed out because he was driving by on his way to a showing. I didn't know what he did, but I was so fascinated by the system, I started diving through it and I just thought it was so cool. And then later that week, uh, he went to go meet with a, a single mom, first time home buyer. She had two daughters that were about my age. And again, I had never seen what my dad did for a living. And we're, we went and looked at this house and he, we went across the street. There was a Wendy's across the street and we're sitting there. And actually the listing sheet that I printed was for this house. And I saw, we sat down and my dad just became this other person that was so cool. I saw him, like this woman was so nervous and scared and her two daughters were about me and my brother's age. And so we're sitting there eating our burgers or whatever and watching my dad help this woman navigate buying a house and putting her at ease. And then later hearing the phone call of when he called and said, you got the house and you could hear her like scream with excitement over the phone. That was when I saw the whole arc of yeah. what my dad did. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And um, so I just became obsessed. And I was so obsessed that at 12 years old, I got on my bike and went to open houses because my mom wouldn't take me. I just wanted to help dad out. I thought it was the coolest thing. I wanted to help him do more of that. So um, I started doing, going to open houses on my bike to learn the market and help them out. I went to, um, you know, when I turned 16, I went to 229 open houses that year. <laughs> I got to know the whole real estate community and other agents would call my dad and be like, your son came through my open house today. <laughs> he took some of the, some of the cookies. And, I, did, uh... I did. So they, um, but you know what helped though, is I would go into other agents. There were some agents I would make a point to go to their open houses because I would hear how they would talk to clients that came through. I would hear how they worked. Um, I could suss out who's a good agent and who wasn't. And I, and, and I could, there were some agents I would just go and they, they liked me so much that, Sometimes I would just go sit their open houses with them and just watch them work and, and listen to them. And um, that's so I got, you know, by the time I was 19 and got licensed, I already, I had already graduated real estate high school. Yeah. <laughs> that I is obsessed. 
That is an incredible story. And, you know, we've done about 500 episodes and that is one of the more unique stories uh, that I have heard. I love it. And it's a good reminder for everyone listening that open houses are are the way. They are the way. Um, you know, I always joke. That, I mean, I was taught the old school way, DJ. I mean, I you know, so many agents today that get into the business are taught social media and marketing yourself in video. I learned the old school, old fashioned way, eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly, toe to toe. And I, I was, you know, open houses, door knocking. I mean, the handwritten notes. I mean, it's such a small town Midwest thing. Um, and that's really ultimately what I still build my business and have accredited a lot of my success to today. And I had, I had great teachers too. I had great teachers growing up. And yeah, it, the, my dad never, I have to say this, my dad never rammed real estate down my throat. I think a lot of real estate agents want their kids to get in the business to want their spouse to get in. He always let me discover on my own and he never pushed it. I think that's part of the reason why I liked it so much because it was never forced on me. Well, you got your license at 19, yeah. so you were in college, I guess, at that time, yeah, and awesome. you were in college here in Chicago, yes. and you got your license in in, in the, or sorry, in Iowa, yes. um, which right. is not super convenient. Um, no. But so, tell us about that. Yeah, so I went to I uh, I went I did not have a traditional college career. I got licensed halfway through my freshman year, and I got. Um, so I went home on weekends. I went home every summer. I went home on spring break. I went home for a holiday break because, you know, DePaul's off from Thanksgiving and New Year's. I went yeah. home that whole time. I didn't have my first Chicago summer until I moved back in 2016 or 2017, really, because um, I just wanted to work. But by the time I graduated, I had already had a book of business and clients that I was working with. So I, I graduated from DePaul and I moved back home to the Quad Cities the next day. And I graduated from the reason I went to DePaul in the first place was because they had uh, in their College of Commerce, they actually had a degree in real estate. Okay. And that was what my training was in. It was more commercial focus, finance, development, sure. you know, that sort of thing. It had nothing to do with brokerage or sales, but it, I could go sell commercial real estate tomorrow if I wanted to, but I don't want to. So. <laughs> I, you know, people sell commercial, I have the utmost respect for because okay. it seems just like, I don't think I have the stomach uh, to do it. It's uh, whew, it's a lot, a lot of stress, but, um, but anyway, um, so what's, what's so amazing about your story is, is you would think, you know, Hey, dad's got this incredible business back home. He's, he's established, he's respected. I have my license. Maybe I partner up with dad or, or maybe I build my own brand there, but certainly the name is, is a name people may know. Yeah. And so that would obviously be a huge leg up. You've already sat hundreds of open houses. You know, the good realtors, you've already established yourself and you have a book of business there. So you would assume that that's where you ended up, but you didn't. And you decided to come here. And, and I want to make sure that people know that even though Alex said, Hey, during college, you went to school in Chicago, he would go home on the weekends. It's not like we're that close to the Quad Cities. No. It's what, at least two hours, maybe it's three? Two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, about three hours away from okay. Chicago as well. And the I didn't go to school in Peoria, but the idea of traveling like that on the weekends would have just driven mm -hmm. me nuts. But regardless, you were really set up to build your business in mm -hmm. Iowa or, or right in the Quad Cities, which is Iowa right. and Illinois, but not Chicago at all. And then you were like, I'm going to come back to Chicago. Yeah. And you had to start completely over. Yeah. So how did, how did yeah. you do that? So this is where one Mr. Phil Byers comes into play. So... Uh, Phil Byers, who is now with Compass, um, when I was 18 years old, my dad was the team leader of the Quad Cities office and uh, Keller Williams Quad Cities office. And 
the and so I was moving up here to go to DePaul and my dad reached out to Phil who was the team leader at the time and he said you know I've got this son he's going to DePaul he loves real estate do you have anything for him to do and Phil's like yeah I'm sure we can find something for him to do and my dad's like well, Alex is uh Alex is uh he's a neat kid hangs up the phone and that and Phil will tell you that story like it was yesterday. And so I come barreling into Phil's office. I had an hour long meeting with him and um, he, he just looked at me and he's like, I will help you do whatever you want to do. So when I wanted at the end of 2015, I was 23 years old. I was number three in the Quad Cities office and I was in the top 50 agents on the board of realtors there. And um, I had outranked my dad that year, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure he was both proud of and disappointed by. But um, at the end of 2015, you know, I, I did really well, and um, I had built up a book of business of just unique homes. That was my niche: was hard to sell stuff. And but I knew it as a 23 year old single gay man. Um, the Quad Cities was not the place for me to be. Oh, there's that. Oh, that is all of our phones are going off right now. It's the, <laughs> this is the second time ever uh, that they are testing. I learned about this the other day, the emergency broadcast system. Oh, so yes. that's what you might have just heard. Yes. Uh, mine will be coming in the next few seconds. So I will uh, I will deal with that. So Alex has just got it. Uh, but no big deal. We will, uh, we will cut that out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, as a young... 23 year old single gay man i knew that the quad cities especially after i had been there it was not the place for me to be at that time in my life anyway and i knew especially after having lived in chicago i mean the greatest cities actually just voted one of the best cities in america for the seventh year in a row um i knew that i wanted more for myself uh, and i knew I'd, i would regret it if i didn't move back to chicago so i i was terrified and i worked for phil in college i was an intern on his team when he was at, at properties at the time so i went back and, he, and at, the, at the end of my internship he said well you know if you ever decide to come back your job will always be here and i was like okay great so i filed that away um cut to january of uh 2020 or 2016 I messaged him late on a Thursday night and I said, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to Chicago. Can I talk to you about taking my old job back on Buyer's Home Team? And he and I was coming up to, I, well, I wasn't planning on coming up to the city that weekend, but he said, Saturday morning, 9 a.m., my office, bring coffee. And I was like, okay. So I got in my car and I drove up, you know, Friday night. I walk into his office at Saturday morning and he's like, so you want to come back to Chicago? I said, yeah, I want to come back to Chicago. Can I come work as a buyer's agent for you on buyer's home team? He's like, what? No, you'll be fine on your own. You see that empty desk across the hallway? Sit your ass over there. You'll be just fine without me. You don't need a team. You don't need me. You don't need anybody else. You will be fine on your own. Just get your ass here. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, when's your slowest time there? I was like, right around September. He's like, Great. Start telling everybody that you know that you're moving to Chicago in September. Figure out the plan later, but just tell everybody that you're moving. Okay. I was at that time I was 24. And uh, so I started telling people, I'm moving back to Chicago. And people were like, what? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> so lo and behold, I signed a lease September 1st of uh, 2016. And I 
came back and then I, uh, I transitioned my business for about two years, uh, 2017, 2018. I partnered with an agent in the Quad Cities to kind of take over my business there. And then, um, so I still was like part-time here my first two years, but I didn't go full-time here until January 1st of 2019. Wow. And how did you build the business here when you had such a strong foothold yeah. there? I'm sure there may be a little bit of overlap, maybe yeah. people moving, but 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 usually people in the Quad Cities stay in the Quad Cities, same with Peoria where I'm from. Probably. So um, it's not like, oh, this is an easy transition. No, it's, it's you are literally starting over. Probably. So how did you do it? Oh, man. Um, you know, DJ, I'm still figuring that out too. I think, you know, I've just always been born with the gift of unbridled tenacity. Um, and I've never, you know, I've, there's not a conversation I've strayed away from. There's not a, you know, I, I'm, I, I have no problem picking up the phone. Um, but what really did it when I first came back, I mean, Keller Williams came in really handy um, as an international brand because for years I'd gone to all the conferences, I'd made a bunch of friends and built relationships with other agents around the country. They didn't know anybody in Davenport, Iowa or Moline, Illinois. But when I moved to Chicago and made the big announcement, everybody knew somebody in Chicago. So my first four years, 70% of my business was agent referrals. And that was that was a huge part of my business. Um, wow. Yeah, up until about 2020, 2021 really. Um, and then it just, of course, then it snowballed, right? I mean, you got, I sent out just sold postcards ever around every property I sold. And I, my first year here in 2017, I closed 10 properties for like 2.7 million. And then in 2018, I did 13 units for like 5 million. And then in 2019, I sold 28 homes for 15 million. Um, so just, it, it snowballed it literally doubled year over year. And then I hired Kevin, my assistant, um, my director of operations now. Um, and then in, from 2020, we went from 28 closed units and 15 and a half million to 52 units for 26 million. Um, so it's just, I mean, that's kind of where I've hovered the last two years is around that 25, $30 million mark. And it's, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, as they say, take the leap of faith and trust the net will catch you. And it sure did. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny because you, you know, you in your early, in your teen years really did a lot of the heavy lifting that people even when they get their license oftentimes don't do. And, and look, I mean, you know, it's, it's never too late to get in shape. It's never too late to start building skills. It's never too late for, for anything um, in life. If you put the effort in and you had, obviously you, you probably saw, I'm sure your father worked extremely hard as, as an a successful agent, every successful agent does. Um, and so you saw his work ethic and then you were able to also participate without really being in the industry for, for, for some time. And, and um, boy, you you know, it reminds me of a story. Um, so here in Chicago, one of the top agents, We and by the way, uh, Alex is mentioning Phil Byers. We have an episode we've done with Phil Byers. He is an exceptional uh, 
person to listen to. He's he's trained and coached numerous agents. He's with Compass. You can go back through our archives and find Phil's episode. It's he's just such a wonderful human. Uh, one of our one of my favorite people. Um, and uh, I was thinking about another episode that I've done here in, in Chicago that your story reminded me of. Um, so for people in Chicago who are listening, you'll know this name, but everyone else might not. His name's Matt Laracy. He's one of the big producers, one of the biggest actually of about 46,000 agents in Chicago. And he's one or two or three. He's always at the top. And what, when I had him on the show millions of years ago, he he told me that his first five years in the business, I think he only sold, I can't remember exactly, 12 homes total in five years. And, and I said, you did? And he goes, well, I was living at home, so I didn't have to pay for rent. He goes, but... I considered it going to college. Like you were saying, by the time you were 19, you're like, I've already put in my, you know, not maybe 10,000 hours, but I put in a lot of hours. And he would just get up every day and walk around uh, River North, which is where he wanted to specialize. And he went to every building and he just learned the inventory. And he goes, you know, I was poor for five years. I made no money. I, I was a little, it was a little embarrassing. But now he's, you know, at the very, very top of the the mountain. So it's, you know, you have a similar tr- uh, story there, and I just, I'm so impressed with people that put in that amount of work because it's discipline and it's not easy. Well, and you know, in addition to that, too, DJs, I learned very early on. You know, I think so many agents they get success really quickly and they just blow through every dollar they make. Where, I mean, my first year in the business was 2011. That was the bottom of the market. Tough and year. A tough, tough year. I didn't sell any. I got licensed April 2011. My first closing wasn't until February 2012. And so, I mean, I went a whole year without selling anything and I almost got out of business. And um, my first listing was actually for sale by owner that I had converted from door knocking. And my second listing was a short sale. And that was, I mean, so I mean, I, I got in at a very difficult market. So I've always been very cautious with how I've spent my money, my marketing dollars, and how I, you know, where referrals come from. So, like in markets like this year that have been challenging, a lot of agents are freaked out and scrambling. I'm not, because uh, that I've been through that. And I watched my dad go through 2007 through 2010. And I, you know, I watched, you know, having grown up in that, I've been through market cycles before um, and how you adapt and change in those markets. But what I wanted to say was right as I, I was actually making copies of my license at the copier ready to go. There we go. Okay. I was actually, so in December of 2011, I was about to drop my license. I was going to go hang it. I was making copies of my license. I was going to the Quad City Area Realtor Association to turn it in. I had an appointment and everything. And the number one agent in the office at the time, Deb Hausman, she um, she saw what I was doing. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm hanging my license. She's like, you're not going to be in real estate anymore? I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to finish my degree and I'll get into real estate after that. She's like, really? <laughs> so uh, she's like, I think you should give that some time. Like, give it a few days. Like, don't do it today. I was like, all right. So I canceled my appointment. I went to dinner uh, with my mom and I got a ping on my phone back in the day when I had a Blackberry and I had a, I got an email from her and this was by this point, you know, I, I was at home and it was probably like 11 o'clock at night, which is unlike Deb. She's missed. I'm in bed by eight 30 every night. It was an email from her saying, I couldn't sleep thinking about you getting out of the business. If it's not hard, it's not worth having. Um, 
you need to go network more. And I was like, networking, what's networking? She's like, Alex, go make friends. And I was like, she's like, you need to go make friends. So I'm in business today because of Deb Hausman and I built my business on her advice. The best advice I ever got in the, in the industry was go make friends. That if I, if I write a book someday about all my successes and adventures and my memoirs, the name of the book is going to be called Go Make Friends. <laughs> you know, it, it, you're absolutely so, so right on. Um, you know, we, we are wired for community. We're wired for connection. We want to support our friends. We want to help them with their endeavors. Um, we oftentimes, you know, use our, our, not use our friends in a negative way, but we utilize our friends to, Hey, who's your doctor? Who's your, you know, who's your hairstylist? Who's your accountant and who's your realtor? And so it is, you know, being, being likable is such an important, and I don't mean changing who you are to fit someone else's needs. I just mean being somebody who's approachable, somebody who, who you, whether you're introverted, extroverted, you, you can learn skills to, you know, be a, a likable person. Um, and, uh, I always think that being, you know, being likable is one of the key tenets of being in real estate. It's being, being somebody that can, people can talk to and they can bring their challenges and their stress and, and all of the ups and downs of a, of a transaction. I mean, it is every transaction stressful at some point, um, sometimes many times during it. And the clients are stressing out just like, uh, you know, you would expect and being somebody that they can come to, uh, and, and you're, they're making this massive decision with, you know, financially, and you get to be the one who's, who's really guiding them is, is really, it, it's almost you know, blessing may be a little bit of a strong word, but it's really, we're very fortunate to be in, in this kind of uh, profession where we're literally guiding somebody through one of the more stressful parts of life is buying and selling homes. Yes. Yes. And that, that advice of go make friends was literally how I, I've always approached my business. And not only that, that was, that was the mindset, the mentality I had when I moved back here to Chicago and just starting over again was, Oh, I have to go make friends. And then that was, that was it. It's it's just incredible that that you've built basically two businesses before the age of thirty in two different locations, basically starting from scratch. Maybe you could argue in the Quad Cities, maybe you had some additional resources there, but you still put in the work. You still rode your bike to all of those open houses. What what do you say to agents today who are starting out who? maybe don't have the guidance that, that you were fortunate enough to have, um, you know, from your father and, and, and from, from Deb when, once you got started. And obviously Keller Williams One Chicago here is, is a really, really well-respected brand um, here locally. I, I mean, obviously internationally too, but you have a lot of great people at your firm and also people at like Compass, Phil Byers. Um, a lot of people are in your corner, but you asked, you went out and, and made those connections yourself. Um, but let's talk, I want to talk about open houses just for a moment, because I think it is, you were saying, you know, social media wasn't really the main driver for your business, but, um, you know, making friends and, and also sitting hundreds of open houses, uh, is really like, you, can you talk a little bit about what skills you learned by watching other realtors do yeah. that? Oh my God. So I don't even know where to begin with that. Cause there's, I'm an observer, you know, I've always been a lifelong learner. I love being a student. And a lot of what I learned was what to do and what not to do. You watch how a lot, you, if anything, I wasn't necessarily watching the agent. I was watching the buyers and the consumers coming through and what their reactions were to what the agent was saying or doing. 
And what I found doing that is that people like the element of surprise. And I think one of the biggest things I took away was never rob a buyer from the element of surprise. You know, instead of saying, you know, this kitchen has an amazing pantry, let them discover that, you know, let them go and find that. Um, when it came to converting and, and like just having a normal conversation with people, just ask them, oh, you guys, where'd you guys go to brunch today? Have you been to this place around the corner? You know, there's just so many things like that of just being real. It just be real with people. And it, it's so easy to say, oh, well, you know, be yourself. Well, it's hard to do when you don't know who you are. Um, but there's a, I think that was the, where I saw the greatest response from consumers at open houses was when agents were real and relatable. And it, it instantly takes the guard down for a lot of consumers. So, I mean, I used to dress up for open houses and I'd wear, you know, the suit and tie and brown shoes and all of that. And I, what I found was that my conversion went up when I ditched the suit. Interesting. You know, and, and uh, you know, Mr. Laracy will have you believing otherwise. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, that was, but that's, that's authentically him though. That's not me. And, you know, I also had to look at what markets I was serving. You know, the Quad Cities is a very kind of blue collar area in a, you know, I always was more drawn to areas that just felt real. So for me, the vast majority of my business is, you know, Lakeview, Uptown, Edgewater, Ravenswood, Lincoln Square. You know, I don't do, you know, I sold in 2022, I sold 51 homes and only two of them were in Lincoln Park and mm -hmm. both of them were in the same building. So it wasn't, you know, that's just not my vibe. It's not my energy. Um, I just love where I can be real. And, you know, the fact that, I mean, if I went to a $2 million listing appointment in Ravenswood and I showed up in a blue suit and brown shoes, they'd throw me off the front porch. You know, they, they're like, who are you? Did you come from downtown? Right. <laughs> Do you work this neighborhood? Um, you know, it, that's, uh, you know, I had to find areas and markets that served the vibe and energy that I just liked. Um, and I also had to find how I approach the business as well. You know, for me, I'm brutally honest, um, like blunt force trauma <laughs> for a lot of people, um, but I am authentic and I, and I, I know to a granular level, my market block by block, which that's a level of expertise. It takes years to refine. And when I came back to Chicago, I started that whole open house cycle all over again. If I wasn't doing open houses, I was going to open houses. I was going to every broker's open. Some of my greatest mentors in the business have come from that because I kept showing up over and over again. I mean, um, you know, aside from Phil Byers, one of my other great mentors has been Millie Rosenblum. Oh, um, sure. One of my, and I have a great story about Millie. Um, one of my other biggest mentors has been Marlene Granicky with, with Remax. Um, I mean, you talk about somebody who knows the market forwards and backwards, side to side, and knows the knows what year the furnace was replaced in a house because she sold it three times. I mean, that woman knows her inventory. I mean, that's that's those are the kinds of agents I learned from growing sure. up. And, you know, I see through it here in Chicago. I think a lot of agents just want to want the glamour of the business and the glamour of the listing, but they don't know how to, how to actually do the job. And they don't know how to, how to navigate with ease and finesse. Um, I think that's, you see it so much with the newer agents coming in, but, um, you know, true expertise 
that's really missing. And that's something that, you know, I valued as a small town real estate agent, you have to have that. Right. So I've, I've carried a lot of that small town mentality with me, you know, everywhere I've gone. How, how do you recommend that an agent who is newer to the business start to learn the market? Obviously, uh, some obvious things come to mind. Go to the open houses, go to the broker opens if, you're, if your area where you're working has those. Um, you know, obviously, immerse yourself in, uh, out in, in, in the market. But when you're also you know, studying the MLS, like how, do you, how would you advise somebody to get started so that they can specialize in a particular area? Yeah, that's a great question. So... What I did was I took a few small areas that I wanted to work in. And, you know, for me, I looked in Buena Park. I looked in, I wanted to do single family homes north of Irving Park Road. So I wanted to do Buena Park, Graceland West, Ravenswood, Castlewood Terrace, you know, um, Edgewater Glen, Lakewood Balmoral. And I took each of those areas in a very granular, you know, level. And I went back 10 years. I went back just to see, you know, how many homes turned over every year, what the price appreciation growth was, who were the agents that were doing most of the deals there. Then I went to their open houses and I learned who they were. And I learned, okay, what makes them, what makes that agent so unique for this area? The other thing I found too, is some agents, this, you know, massive foothold in a market. And a lot of times what you find out is they don't. And um, they tout themselves as the number one agent for the area. And they're, they've done like three deals. Um, but, you know, perception is reality. So a lot of that I would find, okay, if I'm going to work in this neighborhood, what's my angle? Um, but what I did in the Quad Cities and what served me extremely well here was I started to identify markets that had a gaping hole in them where no one was working them or the agents who were working them were not doing anything to innovate. They had no market share. Um, So I just went after the the markets that really were underserved. And that's where I started. I went with those first. And that was how how I ended up working in my own neighborhood, my own backyard in Buena Park, was I looked at all the single family homes on Hutchinson Street and Junior Terrace and around that little pocket on Castlewood Terrace. Nobody was working that market. Nobody was. And having come from the Quad Cities and having my knack and my skill set and my eye for selling really weird, funky, unique, historic homes, um, you know, that just that fit into an interest of mine and a skill set of mine. So I was like, I'm the perfect agent to fit the role of this neighborhood. And then I just started attacking. I give, I give architecture tours every summer, you know, three times a summer, every summer for the last seven years. Um, I'm on the board of directors for Buena Park Neighbors. I'm on the Real Estate Development Partners Committee for the Uptown Chamber of Commerce. I'm on the board for the Uptown Chicago Commission. Um, I've got a, and then I actually, here's what happened. One of the things that put me on the map for that neighborhood early on back in 2018 um, I was walking down Hutchinson Street one day and I saw all of these homes that were for sale and it drove me nuts. I didn't have the listing on any of them, but I thought to myself, you know what? I can find a buyer. So what I did, I researched, you know, historic preservation groups in Chicago and Landmarks, Illinois came up and um, Landmarks, Illinois. I reached out to them because this is what I used to do in the Quad Cities. Every time I had an old mansion listed, I called the Scott County Historic Preservation Society did a private open house for them, brought their members in. And I used, I sold one or two of my listings from that. And I got listings from it too. 
So I called Landmarks Illinois and I said, hey, you don't know who I am. I'm a young real estate agent. I live in Buena Park. There's a bunch of really cool old mansions for sale on the Hutchinson Street Historic District. Um, if I organized a tour for your highest donors, would you, would that be of interest to you? Um, cause these are people that have money that understand historic preservation. And they said, absolutely. We don't know who you are. So we need to sniff you out first. Um, but if you can organize that, yeah, we'll totally, we're always looking for ways to get in front of our, our top donors. So I reached out to all the listing agents that had, you know, listings on the street. Every single one of them said yes. And I, so I said, okay, this day, this time, you got, I just need you listing agents to open up your property. I already have all the history on your house because I've done the research. I give tours for the neighborhood already. And then I'm going to bring all the people. So then I reached out to the alderman's office, which was James Kappelman at the time. And I, I called his um, Tressa Fair, who was her, who was the you know, chief of staff. And I said, hey, I'm doing a private tour, invite only on Hutchinson Street for the homes that are for sale. I'm inviting Landmarks Illinois. Does the alderman want FaceTime on this group? Because he can certainly come and join. She said, absolutely. I thought there were like 10 to 15 people that would show up to this tour. I had 41 people show up to this tour. And um, so I gave my very high-spirited you know, tour like I normally do. The alderman showed up. Well, I had gotten to know one of the neighbors on Column Avenue. He was a developer. And he had a really cool backyard. And I, in the reservoir, which is a restaurant in the neighborhood, I called, you know, there's a lender that I brought in that um, does construction loans and financing for rehab projects. So I called him, he sponsored dinner and cocktails, you know, brought in from reservoir and reservoir came and catered it at this developer's house. Cause I needed a cool place to have a cocktail hour at the end of the tour. The tour went off without a hitch. Um, one of the properties on the tour did sell because of the tour. I wasn't involved, but it did sell. And after that, I had all of those residents who found out about the tour and how successful it was. They started calling me and they yes. started saying, our agent didn't sell the property. If you want to bring a buyer, we'll pay you, you know, a bonus or whatever. And then over the years, this properties turned over. Um, I got to know the neighbors and then I, then during the pandemic, because I got to know so many of them, they're in my database. And I thought to myself, well, I have a database. I could just export this list of contacts into an Excel spreadsheet and voila, now I have a neighborhood roster that I can share with the neighbors. They ate it up. And, um, because everybody, you know, in summer 2020, when everybody was bored and had nothing to do, um, we started doing what are called block tales, where everybody on the block got together every Friday, 5.30, 7.30, BYOB, bring a mask. Um, and we just got you know, drunk in someone's front porch, backyard patio, their driveway, whatever. And of course I was the only realtor there. And from there on out, you know, I, it's, it's rare when I don't get called for a listing on the street. And if I don't get the listing, I was definitely competing for it. Um, and then I've had some sellers that have called and said, Hey, we're listing with our friend. We totally would have listed with you, but we wanted to tell you first before it went on the market. So, and, that, and by the way, that's like the greatest compliment, even though it didn't right. fall your way, you get it. It makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And I got, I've gotten probably four of those calls. And, um, and just this past month, I closed two of them on Hutchinson. So it's, you know, I, you know, I truly, built my castle and built a moat around it. And now I'm the fire breathing dragon of my castle, but it's, 
but it's bled over into other neighborhoods. And now I'm getting calls from buyers who are saying, hey, we want to be in this neighborhood. What do you have coming? Um, so, and I did the same thing in the Quad Cities and it, it worked. You know, that was, I found a, an underserved market, met the need of the people that lived there and just became the face of it. And it's not, and it wasn't, and this, this is a, an area that really wanted community. And actually backing up a little bit, um, when I started doing my initial canvassing, I did it door to door. I knocked on everyone's doors. I went down Hutchinson and I started asking people, I'm a new agent in the neighborhood. What do you want to, what, you know, trying to learn more about the community and everything. Not one person slammed the door in my face. Everybody had a story to tell. And I told them, I just had a couple questions. Not one person spent less than 45 minutes with me. I, one person I spent two hours with. And they started introducing me to the other neighbors. Right. And I just asked them, how long have you been here? Where did you live here before? What do you like most about living here? And what I heard from one woman, Bebette Glazer, um, she was in her 80s. And she said, you know, I've been here since 1965. And when people started putting their gates up, I feel like the gates divided us. I was like, oh. really? And I kept hearing over and over again, people wanted connection. They wanted to know their neighbors. There was one person I knew that had lived in their house for 20 years and they had never met the person across the street from them. Wow. And so I brought this to one of the other neighbors and I said, Hey, we've got a need here. All that I keep hearing this over and over again. People want to get together and I've got all their contact information now. And he's like, I'll make a phone call. So we called Vicki down the street. Who's got this massive property. You know, it's actually on the market right now. Suzanne Genelat has it listed. Um, 76 single family homes in the neighborhood. So we threw, we sent out invitations to everybody um, of the seven, like throwing, a, we're throwing a block party at Vicky's house. She's got this massive yard. Come on out. And if you live in the neighborhood, you know, come on out. Of the 76 single family homes, 58 of them showed up. That's incredible. And that was incredible. And Jonathan, God bless him. Um, he had a sign-in table. Everybody had to sign in. Everybody had to get their badge with their name and their address of where they lived. And Jonathan let me work the sign-in table. So ah, he, that's the that key. Part, that's the key table. <laughs> that was how I got to know everybody. And plus, they saw my name, and I had been sending out mail once a month. You know, I send out a letter once a month. Here's some market updates, and here's what's going on in your neighborhood. So people saw my name, like, "Oh, you're the one that's been sending me those market reports." And that was it. So that was um, that was how it all got started. Well, that is an incredible story, uh, and I'm just digesting it myself. But what I was thinking of is is what were the sort of crucial elements of of, of what you did there, and I, I a couple things stuck out to me. I mean, aside from just the brilliance of uh, of of you know reaching out to the landmark uh, organization, and but but really what what you did was something that really anybody could do is is get immersed in a particular community and find out, talk to the residents, find out what they need, find out what's not happening that they wish were to happen, and then come up with solutions. Totally. But, and, and you're, you're so right. I mean, look, I mean, how many realtors who have tried to penetrate that particular market 
ever thought to ask, you know, the residents, hey, you know, what, what, if you were to, if we were to change something, what, you know, what, what, what could, what could be changed or what would you like to see different? You don't usually hear realtors talking about that. They might say, hey, how long have you lived here? When are you thinking of moving? And, you know, the traditional sales kind of stuff, but you didn't approach it from that at all. You're like, I want to have all the knowledge of this, of this uh, area so I can be a tour guide and I can also be of service to the residents. And you just kept going from there. And it was all about being of service. Um, and, and that obviously, look, you're on all of these boards and committees. And we should also mention too, I know this may have gotten lost in all of the things I was uh, talking about, all the accolades you've accomplished. But Alex is, is a 30 under 30 NAR, National Association of Realtors honoree. That is a very big deal. And so, you know, what, what the National Association of Realtors does every year is they take a look at, you know, the thousands and thousands of, of uh, agent, oh gosh, probably tens of thousands of agents who are under 30, maybe even 100,000 or more. Um, and, you know, they, they look at people who are doing exceptional things. So, you know, that was, that's a huge accolade and, and a huge thing under your belt. But I love the ideas. You just seem like you want to build community. And I think that that is, boy, what a, what a smart, what a smart and also fulfilling thing. And it's fun. I imagine it's all fun. It's a fun business. It, it's a, and people ask me about my business all the time. Like, wow, you got all these cool listings. You always got this unique stuff. And, you know, it's not only getting to represent those properties, it's getting to sell them too. I mean, it, it's fun getting to tell their story. And I always, so the other part of this of how I built my business. So you mentioned, you know, fostering the community, but then I had a bunch of resources because sitting on all those boards gives me incredible access to information. Um, and also because I, I'm now on the, so Landmarks Illinois came back to me a year and a half later and asked me to be on the board of Landmarks. Yeah, Illinois. I imagine they would. So <laughs> they, and I'm still the youngest serving board member. I've been on for four years now, still the youngest serving one. Um, but they, um, so I have, you know, tremendous opportunities there for people, for property, for homeowners that have a landmark property. So I've got a lot of information there, but the third piece of this is the, you know, I mentioned earlier, whenever these are not easy properties to sell. And they are not the ones you put on the market, got multiple offers. These are ones that sit for a while. Um, even in this market, they still sit. And um, I've, I've done the craziest, most outlandish, absurd stuff to sell these properties. I, you know, I had a mansion listed on Astor Street where Phil and I had that co-listed actually where we put that one up for auction. Um, that was in the middle of the pandemic in the summer of 2020. Um, I had Brian Erlacher's house listed and we, we marketed that as a summer escape from the city, a furnished rental, finally sold that to somebody that tore it down because <laughs> they wanted the land. Um, I've sold properties that are, you know, funky earth berm homes. I've sold, you know, they're just really out of the box ways of selling it. So not only is it getting in the door of these properties, it's having the resources to help them and the out of the box creativity to sell them. So it's a, it's a three-prong approach that, you know, for me, I would so much rather have a difficult listing than another two-bed, two-bath condo in Lakeview. Like, that's nice. It pays the bills, but it doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you like a challenge. And, I do. Um, 
I do. And it's, and it's fulfilling because it, what, what the challenge, uh, you know, really activates within you is, as, as I see it is creativity. Yes. All of a sudden your creative sparks, you know, when, Lakeview is a, is a very popular right. uh, neighborhood here in Chicago for those who aren't familiar and, and it's great neighborhood, lovely neighborhood, wonderful, yeah. not difficult to sell, uh, maybe difficult to get market share, but what, if you get a mm-hmm. listing there, it's probably going to sell right. uh, and it's going to sell pretty easily because oh, it's so yeah. desirable. Buena yeah. Park is less known um, and, and not less desirable for certain types of people, more desirable for others. But again, I love that you went to the, to the part that like, I've never heard anybody in Chicago. Go, I want to, I want to be the Buena Park guy. Um, yeah. Now I'm sure there are people that, that do, but, but 90 you know, percent of the people I hear who are working in the city are like, I want to be the Lincoln Park guy. I want to be the North guy. These are the sort of glitzy, fun areas, Gold Coast, et cetera. And I love that you went the other way because, and the reason why you did is you did the research and you go, there's a lot of opportunity here and it it sort of meets my needs. I kind of like these funky homes. And now I got to figure out how to connect with the community. And you Mm -hmm. did. What what an incredible story. And I know there's so much more to talk about, but I think this is a great place to wrap up. I'm going to give a recommendation to our audience. I want you, if you can, if you were so inspired by Alex's story here about how he penetrated this community, um, I want you to go back and listen to the steps that he took because I really wanted to interrupt him every step of the way. Be like, okay, cool. How'd you do that? And and I didn't want to uh, interrupt his flow, but I want you guys to listen to it again because you will pick up exactly his thought process, how he did it. And boy, please go out and do what he did. You will have a If nothing else, you will have a really enjoyable career and you will have uh, probably a very successful one as well. Um, I also would like to mention that if you are a realtor in the Chicagoland area and maybe you feel you're not getting the attention you need at your current firm or you're looking, you know, this is the year where the market is down. People are looking to maybe switch firms, check out other teams. Alex's, Alex's team is growing. So if you think you could be an asset to him or if you'd like to learn from him um, and you think you might be a good fit, reach out to him. You can find him on his website, alexwolking.com, as well as uh, Instagram and all the other social platforms he's on. So reach out to him if you think he might be a good fit. I know I would want to work with him if I was practicing. So definitely uh, reach out. I, uh, I I am so impressed. And also for everyone else who doesn't live in Chicago, you might have uh, clients that move to Chicago. And you know, one of the coolest things about doing this show, I wish I could participate in the financial part of it, but even so, it's so rewarding that almost every time we do an episode for anywhere in the country, that person ends up calling us later and goes, I just got a listing from one of your listeners who um, you know, is, has somebody who's coming in to buy or sell. And so please, if you are looking for a Chicago agent, just to even partner up with, boy, Alex would be a good one to partner up with. So reach out to him. If uh, and, and by the way, Alex has people that leave Chicago too, and he needs to refer business to other places. So maybe he doesn't have somebody in your market that he could be the referral uh, for a referral to you for. So reach out to him. Um, he's a wonderful guy and certainly doing all of the right things. And he's somebody certainly to follow on social as well to see how he's marketing himself. And he's not a really big social guy, but when he does his social stuff, it's actually really, really impressive and excellent. So anyway, everyone check out Alex, alexwalking.com, link to all of his stuff in the show notes. And on behalf of the audience, Alex, thank you so much for being on our show. We couldn't appreciate you more, um, or I couldn't appreciate you more. You are exactly the kind of person. The reason I do this show is because of people like you. So thank you for being willing to be on this show. And I can't imagine 
uh, I know our audience got a lot of value out of this. And on behalf of Alex and myself, let's thank the people who make the show possible, you, the audience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this episode. You guys are the reason we do this. And please help us by telling a friend. Think of just one other agent that needs some encouragement right now. Maybe their business is down. Guess what? Almost everyone's business is down. This is a time to share information. Send this podcast over to anyone who could use a boost or just anyone that's interested in learning. Because guess what? There's always more to learn. And we would thank you. That helps us get in front of more people and helps us in every possible way. So thank you for that. Um, Alex, thanks again. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thank you.